Hello guys and welcome to the first episode of the Overwatch Hour. I'm your host Joel and today I'll be joined by Nathan and our special guest Bobby J. Let's get into it. How are we doing today lads? Good, thank you. Pretty swell. Pretty swell? Pretty <laughs> swell on this, uh, on this sweaty Melbourne day. Yeah, I am um, sweaty. <laughs> Uh, what have you been doing with yourself, Bobby? Uh, tell us a bit about yourself. Well, I've been casting Overwatch since release, actually, the first, second day of release, funnily enough. Um, it was god-awful to begin with. Um, I'm just <laughs> stuck at it and got to know everyone in the community and just been grinding at the Overwatch community. So casting, hosting tournaments, writing articles, pretty much I'm spending a lot of time. And my, a lot of my spare time is dedicated to Overwatch right now and uh, coming up. At the end of this month, we got the Ocean Inc. Summer Series hosted by they are uh, hosted by Heroes League, and um, which is 10k tournament, which is a lot of a lot of us are preparing for. So that's pretty much my life at the moment. It's pretty busy. Yeah. So how far away is that one from kicking off? You said at the end of the month, is it? Yeah, around about the end of the month. Sweet. And uh, I'll make sure to pop some links below for anyone who's interested in viewing. Oh, the 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 sign ups are finished now, aren't they? No, You've got your working. teams? They're still Okay, working. so yeah. we'll link that below as well for anyone who is interested in that. Um, how about you, Nathan? How have you been? Yeah, good. You know, just a usual day for me. Nothing exciting. Some comp ladder, enough tilting, and then ready for <laughs> this. So, you know, just another day. <laughs> Brilliant. All right, so I thought the best way to start this first episode off would be uh, to get right into the nitty-gritty, and we'll push directly into the uh, big patch notes. Obviously, one of the... Bigger sort of patches that have come out for Overwatch in recent times. Um, yeah, so we'll, we'll dive straight in. So the first change I want to look at is Diva. Now, I think this one's been overlooked a lot because of all the Roadhog changes, which we'll get to later. Mm. But um, I think it's actually a pretty significant change. So for those that don't know, uh, Diva's health is being increased from 200 to 400. But to compensate for that, her armor is being decreased from 400 to 200. So she'll still have the same total health pool. Uh, but obviously 200 more of it's going to be health instead of armor, which uh, is, is pretty significant. And do you want to go over that one, Nathan? Yeah, so essentially they're swapping her health and armor around more or less. Uh, they, basically, they said that she felt too strong going into fights. Uh, basically, she had no weaknesses. Like Even characters that should be able to counter big targets with a lot of health were just not having any success in that, so she felt like she was necessary to most comps. Uh, You'd see her in most ranked games as well, because she's just an essential pick. And it, she, she could go into really any fight without any sort of worries from those threats that she should really be worrying about. And uh, I feel like it's a good switch, but obviously not many people play the PTR. You don't see too much action on there, especially uh, yeah. comp-wise, because there's really no incentive to play comp at this point in time. So everyone kind of avoids it. Uh, I think uh, Jeff Kaplan said that uh, at one point, people were complaining about the changes on PTR, but only, uh, what was it like less than 1% of players had actually played it itself as far as the player base? So people are building these I like ideas and their own opinions formed off nothing but what they see instead of their own experience. So if Definitely I feel man. like this change could be good, but uh, until it's actually on live, I suppose it's not really going to get tested too proper. Yeah. What's your, what's your look on this one, Bobby? Well, it's not just her health being changed. The bullet de damage has been decreased from 3 to 2, and then the, the fire rate has been decreased by 3. That's from 11 to 8, I think. 
So she's not going to be able to... Before, when she was had her health so high, like such high armor, and she had pretty good damage, so you could just sit in yep. the back line and kill a support pretty easily. So it was just a pain in the ass for any team that was bursting a D.Va, and you were basically forced to play D.Va or fall behind. Yep. A lot of people, a lot of teams struggled when they didn't have a D.Va player and because they, they forced a lot of their Zarya picks. Because um, Zarya kind of fell off a little bit. She wasn't too bad, but she was a bit more in the bin um, nowadays. And a lot of people forced to pick D.Va because of this and all, this, all these changes. And teams fell off for a while, and it was a big ripple effect. And now you can see all the way through it's trickled down all through competitive queue. Diva, the Diva pick is horrible right now. It's just too strong. I don't know about the changes. I think she may end up a little bit too weak to begin with. We'll see how it goes in PTR. Mm. Like you said, 1% of the player base. And then you've got all the people that would just circle jerk on Reddit or whatever other community they're part of. And just they, <laughs> they, they, instead of testing it themselves, they'll just try and jump on some, someone's opinion. And just That's it, man. All it takes is one gift to come out, and then the whole community goes spastic over it. Yeah. Um, and just just to touch on that on the on the on the bullet uh, change. So yeah, the, as you said, the the damage is being decreased from three to two, and the bullets are being increased to eleven from eight. Oh, okay, um, okay. Which which equals in an eight percent, I think it is eight percent total damage reduction. And yeah. for some reason, this this line confuses me quite a bit. In the developer comments uh, for that part of the patch notes, they said it's going to make her feel more consistent. Now, I feel like when you increase the amount of bullets, the consistency drops, no? Because there's, it's, it's just inherently going to be less consistent because there's more chances for things to miss. So I think that's um, pretty significant as well. I've been thinking about that, actually, because a lot of people have your same kind of ideology with that because it does kind of sound confusing. The only kind of logical thing I can put behind it which I don't know if it really makes sense, to be honest, is that... Uh, so the fact that her damage is reduced, but her the amount of bullets she shoots is increased, uh, would, yeah, kind of feel like you'd be shooting more of a spray. But also, I feel like it, it makes consistency with her range. Like, so what Bobby said before, how she could shoot someone from a back line quite, quite easily. Because uh, she, she's doing less damage, she um, more or less will be doing less overall damage from a distance. But when you get in someone's face, you should be doing more. So because she has more bullets, she'll be doing more overall once she hits you in the face. Yeah, true. I wonder, I haven't done the numbers on that, but I wonder how that works with headshots as well. Because obviously a big part of her was if you get right in a Roadhog's face and just hold down left click and you're getting all headshots, you can melt a tank even really, really quickly currently. But um, mm. yeah, I, I agree with what you've all said. Um, it, it really, we really need to wait and see. I'm kind of in Bobby's camp on that. I think she will, the armor change is going to hurt her a lot. And I think she will be a bit weak to begin with. But again, we'll have to wait and see. I mean, the pro players will suss it out pretty quick and we'll see what they're picking in tournaments and, and high-level uh, comp ladder. Yeah, I prefer the, the Zarya ult because you can't have too many tanks. With the Ana changes now, with Ana... Mm. So we should probably... Actually, that's probably a better idea to um, go into Ana now, actually. Yeah, good call. Good call, definitely. Did you want to start off and kick things off with Ana? Yeah, so the the Ana change, for those that don't know, is uh, mostly centered around a, a biotic grenade. Um, the healing boost on allies has been decreased by 50%. It's currently 100% on live. So if you grenade them and then heal them, you're you're effectively doubling your healing. And yeah. uh, just in the recent set uh, of patch notes that have come out, they've also dropped the duration from 5 seconds to 4 seconds. 
which meant that it was good to have tanks because you could heal them up pretty quickly with honor and keep everyone relatively at, at high HP. So, which is mm. the birth of the tank, the tank meta. And you could get that, <laughs> and you could charge up your ult so quick in the beginning. They had to fix that pretty pretty quick because it was just nano boosting in the first minute of the yeah, game. It was ridiculous. That was ridiculous. <laughs> it was, so it was up every minute. <laughs> so stupid. But now I feel we're going to transition back into two DPS, and because uh, Diva, I think maybe with these changes, which is a little bit more weaker and can't get healed as quickly by Ana. I feel that we might get Zarya back into the meta, because her ult is better than Diva ult. Like, self-destruct is, you know, it's cool or whatever, but, you know, you got to rely on... Most people can get away from a self-destruct, whereas, you know, mm. the Zarya um, Graviton Surge, it's so much more devastating to group people up and together. And I feel I, I, you'd probably expect to see Zarya back and Ryan Hart and then two DPSs. And maybe you'd probably see still a little bit of Arno, not as much, but you'll see some Zenyatta, I feel, and Lucio, of course, he won't go anywhere. Yeah, yeah definitely. I feel like it's inherently going to buff the other supports and bring them back more so into meta. People almost feel inclined to play Anna with how strong she is now. You're basically doing yourself an injustice not picking an Anna on your team. Her yeah. healing's just like, it's unmatched at this point in time, pre patch. What's him with some Faro? Yeah, so so how do we how do we feel on feel on that then? Do you think this is do you think Anna's going to get dropped from like high level play, like high high tier ladder play, or mm, I don't know. I, I the body grenade, you know, the duration is reduced, but it's still a really good tool to use. You can still deny people health and being able the ability mm. to be healed. She's and has the sleep dart, so that's a form of CC as well. She can heal at the same time. Does a little bit of damage, and you've got the nerve boosts, of course. So I feel like she's got a lot more tools than a lot of the other supports. So on mm. her kit alone, she'll still be played. Also, as a note, just thinking about what you've said with uh, possibly Zaya coming back into meta, which I love the idea of because I think she's just really exciting to watch and play with. Yeah. Um, I think Anna Anna synch uh, like synchronizes really well with Zaya uh, in regards to. Bionic grenade into the enemy that's uh, Zaya altered, and yeah. there's absolutely nothing they can do. And inversely, Anna grenade on your team after you've been Zaya altered, everyone's you know relatively healthy as well. So, yeah, I, I think you're right. It's it seems like they've hit this balance pretty good. Like the fact that we're not saying she's going to be in the in the bin after this and not played. I think that's what you want after a nerf. Like the character still needs to be playable, uh, just not obviously game-changing like she currently is. Yeah, I, th I think it will allow Perzinata to be picked a little bit more. And I expect to see Farah now that, that there'll be less tanks because with so many tanks and everyone just getting healed all the time, you, people just get alt-charge of Farah shooting at the tanks. So mm. I've, I think that with more squishies, is going to see a lot more playtime. And if that's the case, then you might see more Zenyatta as well. Arnold's still pretty good against Farah, but Zenyatta's clearly like the best pick against the Farah. And you just throw up that Discord orb and you see that Farah melt in one shot. Yeah, yeah. definitely. So, All right, uh, well, is there any more you guys wanted to say on the Anna changes? I was saying that with the, um, the decrease to her healing, essentially, overall, uh, I believe I watched something and it's, it showed like an example of like the actual 
decrease in her healing. It essentially means that a tank at, at about 50 HP approximately uh, will take, with a grenade, uh, so boosted healing, will take about four shots instead of three to heal to full HP. So that kind of puts it into, you know, perspective at how much the nerf is really affecting her. I think she heals, uh, so before nerf, she heals for 150 with the grenade, uh, with her shots, with the, the boosted healing. Uh, obviously the grenade does 100. And uh, post nerf, if it follows what it is on the PTR at the moment, she will, uh, I think she heals for about 112, I think it is, off the top of my head. It's about yep. something like that. About 112 and a half or something, if my math's correct. Uh, so we're talking shot. an extra shot. It's, it's pretty much just an, an extra, extra shot, shot on a tank. Uh, yeah, at, uh, when they're really low, it's essentially, yeah, four instead of three to heal them to full HP, including the bionic grenades. Uh, the bionic grenades are uh, 100 or whatever it heals for, yeah. Yeah, it, it doesn't really sound like it's, it's going to change the game much, but uh, as, as I said, a, a good balancing measure, I'd say. And I don't think there's any debates. I think this one will definitely hit live, don't you think? I don't, I don't see another revision of this nerf coming out. Yeah, if they wish to change the meta and how the game plays and stop it at this stale point, they would have to change Anna. She's just too tank-friendly. She really does just enable the tank meta at all. <laughs> yeah. All right, so we'll push on to one minor. Well, I won't say minor. I'll, I'll give it some more credit. But uh, the kind of character that's been lost in the middle of everything over the last few months, Sombra, since the release, hasn't really had a lot of love. There's not really a lot of uh, high-level play because she just doesn't really seem to be up to par. I believe uh, reading early on that Blizzard said they didn't want to buff her or, or go overboard with her like they did with Anna because it just took time for people to play her correctly. Um, I mm. dare say there's probably been enough time for some someone to figure out how to play her um, effectively and, and bring out this you know meta-defining hero like Anna was. I just don't think it's going to happen. But um, they'll put some changes in to kind of correct that. And for those that don't know, it is the time that it takes to hack a target has been decreased from one second to 0.8 seconds. Doesn't sound like a lot, but it's a step in the right direction, I'd say. And uh, better yet, the hack cooldown has been reduced from 12 seconds to 8 seconds. So uh, how do you feel about that change, Bobby? I think to, you, you would definitely see teams pick her up and see how they could utilize her a little bit more. I know a couple of the top-level players. One that I can throw out right now who was on my podcast last week is Huss. He plays for Fusion Girls, who are currently yep. number one in the scene right now. He loves Sombra, and he's excited to get these changes. He, he feels that she could be used in competitive play but he's probably a little bit more biased because he loves Sombra and loves the mechanics of her. But mm. I, I think I haven't seen her played in any scrims. I'm doing, I'm be watching some scrims tonight and over the course of the rest of this week. And I expect to see some teams testing out Sombra once these um, changes come to live. So I don't know. Yeah, I just got, I got to see, because I'm not a Sombra player myself. So I got to see people at a higher level playing her and, Let's see how it goes up against other top to top quality teams. Yeah, definitely. How about you, Nathan? She's, yeah, well, she's definitely fun to play in quick play, but as far as comp, I haven't tried it myself. I'm not brave enough to pull such a risky move. Um, but I do think this is what she needed. She, her damage is fine. People say her damage is a little too low, but considering her magazine size is quite large, she's not the kind of um, orthodox damage you'd consider like a mccree or a soldier she's not her main like idea is not to do damage she's like disruption and pick off so hence her like her passive where you can see low enemies through walls she's like 
you know, more of a disturbance and annoyance in the back. She's more of a flanker, essentially, which is what her kit suits her for. So, like, you'd find yourself behind the team trying to hack someone, uh, and, you know, you'd either get shot by the person you're hacking or the, any one of their teammates, most likely, because they're, they're very unlikely to be split. So you'd find a lot of Sombras using, if not most Sombras, using the hack, like, primarily and only on uh, health packs, which is essentially the only real need to it, since it took so long to hack. Uh, I find that the maybe the cooldown as well would would more incentive yeah, create more incentive for sombras to be more uh, creative with their hacks on their targets because it could actually very much create a interesting fight if they pick a, a good target. Like it, uh, hacking Orion can be very detrimental to the other team's uh, counterplay. I'll but, tell you um, what, man. Yeah, I feel her damage but- is shouldn't be touched, and I do like how they've just done hack changes to see how that kind of fits into the game because they. Mm-hmm. It really shouldn't do too much on her too quickly, like you're saying with Anna. Because if they did too much and then they feel like they did, like they made her too, too OP in that sense, they should just let her fit into the game. And then if she becomes low pick, like low pick rate, then obviously something's not too right with her and she might need a bit of a buff. But apart from that, she seems to be sitting well at the moment. Yeah, definitely. I think um, you'd, rather, you'd rather play the slow and steady wins the race than buff a character out of its brains and completely change the meta. Um, like as we keep saying happened with Anna. Um but yeah, I'm pretty interested to see if there there are some some pro players, as you said, Bobby Huss, that uh that really enjoy her and want to pick her up. Mm. I mean, let's be honest, they, these kind of characters like your tracers, like your flankers, your Genjis, they're 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 the most fun to watch when you see someone who is extremely good at the game like having a go at it. Yeah, so uh that I think I think when people start seeing some high level players pick her up. Um, there will definitely be some popularity, uh, and, and she'll definitely be picked a bit more. I'd say. And once you um, see would it, someone pull mm. off, uh, once you see someone at a high level pull off Sombra, teach other players how how to play the game, and you see the trickle down effect through, you know, the, all the mm. other teams, and then down into competitive play. It's like what happens when you watch League of Legends when you see someone on stream pull off a play, and you don't you don't realize you could have done that with that character. The same thing with Overwatch as well. But the biggest problem with Sombra is she's a flanker and then Tracer does a lot better job, a lot better job than what she does right now in the game. So people, mm. instead of playing Sombra, you'd play Tracer. So that's been the biggest problem for Sombra because she's quite similar to how Tracer works, minus the hacks. So that Tracer was doing more damage and it could get in and out of fights a lot easier. Um, yeah, Tracer's yeah. mobility just puts her at a better class than... Sombra currently. Yeah. I think it's just that... quite interesting though. Yeah, the kit, it's like... There's so much potential. I think when she was first, like, had the ability teasers, everyone was going nuts over Sombra because her her ult uh, sounded just insane. Like, you could completely... You could counter multiple people's ults with with a press of a button. But I think... I I don't know if it needs to be kind of, like, widened, like, the range of it, or... It's a difficult one, isn't it? Because it is such a, in essence, it's such a strong ability. Um, we'll just have to wait and see, I guess, uh, if people pick her up after these hack changes and we see that she actually is perfectly ban- uh, balanced minus, you know, these small changes they had to make. Um, hmm. But yeah, we'll, we'll just have to wait and see, I think. It's it's going to be interesting. It's definitely going to be... Does anyone know when this patch is, is set to hit? Uh, have they said anything? No, not yet. Not from what I've Nothing seen. Nothing official as far as... Yeah. They seem to be You'd just have... doing a lot more in PTR now. Because they, they were really quite 
slow with adding a lot of things and uh, essentially they should just be trying to make a lot of changes in the PTR to see how it actually fits instead of just letting the game sit for so long. That's what the whole point of it really is so it's good to see him just adding a lot of stuff that doesn't necessarily even have an intention of going on live but just to see how it changes the game. Yeah definitely. Alright I think it's time that we now move on to the, the big one the one that everyone's been talking about everywhere. Um, that of course is the Roadhog chain hook changes. Mm. Now, there's a lot of backstory to this one because they've actually made a fair few additional changes after, I mean, the complete outcry that happened after, uh, the first set of changes. Um, so I'm just going to read off, uh, pretty much the, the full list of changes they've made on the PTR. So, um, it reads, targets are now pulled directly in front of Roadhog rather than straight to him except in cases where Roadhog uh, drastically rotates. Now, through some testing of this, I found out that it is 90 degrees is the maximum you can rotate. So if you, if you pull someone and you're facing north, you can turn directly east or directly west 90 degrees only, and they will still land directly in front of you. Any further than that, and they're, they're, they're going to stop at that 90 degree point, um, which I don't really think is a big issue. I mean, how many people are trying to pull off 180 hooks at, that doesn't really make much sense. Um, the, the next point is hook targets are now released if they leave Roadhog's line of sight before being pulled, uh, which includes a new line of sight check, which is uh, a line of sight check from when the hook lands and then a line of sight check from when the uh, hook is pulling back. So essentially, if someone crosses LOS behind a tree or behind a wall or behind any... Um, anything that, that drops LOS within those two line of sight checks, the hook will break, um, which is pretty much the, the biggest change that people have been complaining about. Um, mm. Now, the, the rest of it, it's all kind of just clean-up work on the, on the first change. They added another line of sight check um, to the left and right of the hook target because they found after the additional... Uh, the first change, sorry that you couldn't hook people around corners unless you could see the direct center of their character. So they've added just, the, they practically just opened the hitbox up it a bit, which needed to happen. Um, I'll play some videos on screen now of the way it was interacting and it was just God awful really. Um, yeah. And that's pretty much, that's pretty much it. There's, there's not a lot else in, in these changes apart from just code cleanup. Uh, but from what from what you guys have seen, how how do you think these changes are going to be received, and do you think they will go live? That that's the big question everyone's asking. Probably, it they needed to change the way the hook worked. It was kind of bullshit. But I think the biggest yeah. problem is not even the hook; it's just the damage. He's a tank, and he can hook people, yeah. and he does a lot of damage with six hundred HP, and he can self heal. He's got a ridiculous kit. I mean, you can right click someone to the head. It does so much damage. You can just one shot. You can do any... two hundred. Yeah, you can one shot any defense or attack character with one right click. Ah, oh, apart from Bastion, sorry, with one right click at the right range. It's yeah. it is disgusting. Yeah, what, why is it? That. Do you think they didn't look at the damage and they've decided to change the hook? I'm not, I don't know. I don't have an answer. Because <laughs> Reddit had a cry about it. <laughs> I, I honestly don't think the hook was as bad as people are saying originally. Yeah. I, I mean, it's definitely, you can say certain hooks are crap, but like, when you think about it, like, it, it feels like it's just a part of anything other game. Like, there's certain things that are not directly supposed to happen in games, but are there, and it's just becomes, like, becomes a thing that you play around. It's like, 
the best uh like you know avoidance of getting hooked is not putting yourself near roadhog obviously that can't be helped all the time but i think like the changes they're doing now are just way too drastic for what it needed like as you can see with the, the 2.0 revision or whatever it's being referred to as uh the the original changes on ptr uh where you could see that there was a gif that was on uh, reddit that was very very popular where alusha was just moving left and right uh behind the tree and breaking los for like split second behind a very thin object and roadhog's hook was then completely useless uh mm. like if you, if you took roadhog as much as his kit is very very strong his damage is very strong his self-healing is very strong uh especially now that self-healing does reward you ultimate charge uh like if he doesn't have the hook you take the hook off he's very useless essentially like he's just a big reaper really at that point um like he he doesn't have fairly like if you can dodge a, a roadhog hook you essentially can kill them more or less unless you know you he, his, mo his mobility is garbage really like yeah. in essence which is like if he had mobility as well it would just be like disgusting mm -hmm. but um i think it's a good point like the the whole kit I think the hook is what people complain about the most because it never feels nice when you get hooked around a corner. But as Bobby said, I think the problem is when they hit that hook and then they one-shot you in the face and it's a tank, mm. that's probably a bit of a problem. Um, yeah, I agree. You know, yeah, as the damage is a bit of the problem. Yeah, the fact sure. that his left-click does as much damage as Reinhardt's charge, like, let's, let's, let's look at... How much, uh, how much more difficult the charge is to land on someone mm -hmm. than left clicking? Like it, it, it doesn't really, it doesn't really add up. But um, yeah, it's it's interesting. Uh, it, do we think there'll be another another revision on this? Or, I mean, if they haven't announced the patch date yet, there's there's all the chances in the world that they're going to change it again. It depends how vocal people are, because Blizzard just listened to the community. So it depends how vocal people are. If if people seem happy with it, they're not going to change it because they just want to make people happy. At the end of the day, so yeah, a lot of the a lot of the the pro community definitely want to see the damage change rather than just the hook because they say that's the root of the problem is the damage, as Nathan just pointed out. So I think if enough people voice up their opinion as i just said then it'll get reviewed if no one does then they'll just let it go and the changes will go through to live yeah what well, what would say you had to propose damage changes i know i know this is completely out of blue and it'd be off the top of your head but what do you think the changes to his damage should be i don't know maybe scale back the right click not it can't be doing like 200 hey 200 health like as a 200 HP is a right click. I think maybe sh mm. maybe shave off a quarter of that damage. People need to be able to survive after being cooked and shot. They need to be really low, then get shot one more time. But you, yeah. you could have your healer there being able to get some health on the person that's been caught out. So they have a chance to survive if the team's willing to react fast enough. And mm. if it's like, say, McCree, and you can flashbang and roll and get a, a couple of shots off or, or something like that so that you could see something cool happen but i think where you just get you just get hooked and you have no chance you, you get hooked and then just shot and you're dead i think like that kind of sucks like I, 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 I just need to have a little bit of health remaining i feel yeah like a slow on the hook once it you you're pulled towards him instead of just a straight up pull and then because there's no there's no hard-coded time between the hook and his shot that you can actually do anything like you said there's 
if he shoots you and he hits you with enough damage, you die. Like, there's no time for you to dodge unless he just stuffs it up. Yeah. Um, so maybe, maybe the hook should work differently. Not the way it grabs, because I think how it is now is fine. I mean, you get some crappy hooks, but it's going to happen with everything. It's just, it's just, you get some weird things happening with every sort of mechanic in the game. It's just how it kind of is. But um, with the, the, yeah, maybe a hard-coded time where you get, like, a, a little second to dodge or duck or something, because they're doing some other changes to movement as well. Uh, which we can talk about later, obviously, but... Uh, yeah, we'll touch it, on that. With certain, like, reaction times. Like, I mean, if you hit a hook, you should be able to get a shot, but like you're saying, maybe more spread on his damage or something as well would make a bit of a, you know, more of a close-range shot as well. So less of his shots are inclined to hit smaller targets, maybe, because they spread faster. Just and needs to be not a one-shot kill, I think. I, I think that's a... a re I think that would be a reasonable request, but... um. We'll have to wait and see. I mean, will he still be will will he still be heavily meta after these changes? Do we think like is this going to affect his pick rate? Mm, well, when I see, if I see everyone going back to two GPS characters, you've, mm. you're going to always go with the Reinhardt as a tank. That's just the way it is. Yeah, Unless yeah, you're sure. playing a dive mm. comp, you pick a Winston, but you're going to see Reinhardt most of the time, and then. If Diva falls off, do we go? Do we see the Zarya again because of the the ultimate and just being able to shield people? It's just so much utility with her. Mm. You know, where does Roadhog cricket fit in? Do you pick a Roadhog over a Zarya? That's going to be where it comes down to. If Diva's no longer yeah. picked, yeah. Well, could it, could it be a try? Yeah. 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 What What about like a try? I'm sure people will do it. It's whether it's effective or not is is the question, I guess. But I, I could see, like, a, a tri-tank, but with a Roadhog instead of, you know, like, your standard tri-tank at the moment is, like, your Reinhardt, your Diva, your Roadhog. You, you could run yeah. the, the Reinhardt, which is obviously a, a hard tank, which is actually something I want to discuss after we get off the Roadhog point. I think there definitely needs to be some more diversity, because at the moment, Reinhardt is the only tank tank in the game. Like, I think there needs to be another... You can't change him. Because I don't think he's, I don't think anyone would say, anyone would say he's overpowered. He's good, but I think there needs to be, yeah, there needs to be another character there that fills a similar role to um to to kind of at least bring some variety into the game. But we'll discuss that further a little later. Um, I think um the uh where where was I? I lost, lost my train of thought. I think the the hook changes. Yeah, yeah. No, I think you're right. I'm just I'm just trying to get it get it through in my head whether it will go to a 2 DPS, but it's probably the most logical thing people will try at first, isn't it? Yeah, it's for the most comfortable people are. I know a lot of people that want to... Lot, most teams want to go back to 2, P, 2 DPS. With the armor changes, I would probably assume it'd go back to 2, 2 DPS. Yep. Cool. Okay. Well, um, I think that's pretty much all, all we have on, on Roadhog then. Um, there's a few cool bits and pieces that they've... Uh, thrown in with this patch that again they're kind of flying under the radar um so one of them is they're changing the way the kill feed shows up um so hero ability icons are going to be displayed on the kill feed yep. um ultimate abilities are going to be indicated with an orange arrow and headshots are going to be indicated by a red arrow now me and nathan we were talking about this uh during the week and i think nathan brought up some very good points as far as the casual players uh are concerned so do you want to talk about that nathan yeah, so 
essentially you take other games as an example like uh league of legends is a great example of how they how for the the players without communication or like more casual players who just want to play and don't have to worry about trying to communicate with the teammates just for the sake of having a good time or whatnot however you want to put it but um essentially they're just adding more clarity to the game information and clarity is what they're really doing here it's like something that you shouldn't have to ask someone else how it happened like the information is just accessible there for everyone in the game uh so like with the hero abilities you can see that uh, i don't know like so you're seeing your teammate dies you can see that they died to a, a roadhog ultimate or a roadhog hook or whatever shows up on the feed for example uh they obviously feeds the information directly to yourself and then you know that said champion doesn't have ability or doesn't have their ultimate so it's stuff that you don't need to communicate when you just want to play the game it it takes like that uh stress away from having to have players with communication um in quick play as well and in comp as well it's just is it's good if someone's like it's less you have to say for information because players will just be uh inherently able to see it up on the, the top right of the screen what's been used and whatnot in fights uh, so I feel like it's just something that was it was a really good change. It looks a lot nicer as well, and uh, it's just more information and clarity that they've put into the game. So I like it. It yeah, definitely, as far as the high end players, obviously it's not going to change anything there. They all pay, pay enough attention to know what's going on, who's who's used what. There's obviously like the voice lines and everything for alts, but um, I, I agree. I think it's a really really good change to the casual player. And yeah, it's just that refinement. Like, League of Legends is is a good example. Even though there are a lot of people that really don't like the game, they have to be one of the... the right have to be one of the top developers at making these tiny little changes just to, just to take as much information as possible and relate to you in very nice, clean, easy-to-read ways. And I think mm. Blizzard are going down that path with changes like this, which is obviously very good for the game. I... Uh, they also did on uh, as another example with league. They showed you like percentage of alts. Did they? Uh, uh, did they do something like that for um your teammates? That'd be something nice to see as well when you um and when you press tab, so it just has the blue little tick under their name if they have their ultimate. It'd be nice to see a percentage or something like that instead, just for the sake of you know, knowing when your ultimates are up and stuff. Like obviously you can do that, but just at a quick glance you can see everyone's instead of everyone having to press dead, which some people just don't do a lot of the time, even when you ask them. Yeah, that's a good point. Again, anything that stops the, the, what's the, what's the what's the correct term? Anything that stops like a lot of crap being put into voice chat when you're in competitive as well, I think is definitely beneficial. So I think that's a mm. good change that they should look at. I don't, I wouldn't imagine it would be overly difficult to put into the game, but um, yeah, maybe that's the next step. Adding the old percentage, that's uh, it's a, a good one. Um, anything you want to comment on the the kill feed changes, Bobby? Really, it's all cosmetic and easier for you guys. It won't yeah. affect the game drastically or anything. It'll just make people, some people a little bit happier about it. Yeah, that's it. All right, now there's a, there's an interesting change that's coming in. Um, they they've pretty much gotten rid of crouch spamming. So there's now uh, there's it's it's hard to to use the right terminology because there's not a lot out on it, but there's effectively an animation lock on crouching. So, so when you, when you let go of whatever your crouch hotkey is, um, your character must stand up completely before you can crouch again. So you, you now just can't spam control and dance up and down as baby diva and just not get hit by bad players. Yeah. Uh, you're gonna, you're gonna have to actually 
um, wait for the animation to finish. Again, I don't think it's a massively game-changing um, sort of fix, but uh, it's interesting. Well, why do you think they would have put it in? People have complained. I've actually casted a pro game before where someone was playing Lucio. I don't know if they, ba- they bound Crouch to their mouse wheel and just spammed it, but he was going pretty <laughs> ridiculously fast, and people couldn't kill him, and he, you know, three people were trying to shoot him. And this was on Barney on the first checkpoint, and he able to survive for long enough for his team to get back to him. And I think this was during an ESL tournament as well, so an ESL Magic Cup, wow. last one, the last one of the year in 2016. So his team was able to get back and suffer the point. So I'm not going to laugh at this person's listening to this because you know who he is for sure. But I've seen it a couple of, a couple of different people doing it, and it's pre- it's pretty bad. Like I'm I'm glad they put the changes in because every other FPS game you have some sort of like mini hidden cooldown with your crouching, and they had to put it in because it's just kind of stupid that you could just spam crouch as much as you wanted to. It fucks with too much, doesn't it? Really, like there's too many. Like hitbox headshot sort of, especially with the the headshot hitboxes in Overwatch. I mean, I, I could only imagine what it's actually doing. But for all we know, it it makes it so you, it's you're unable to be headshot while you're doing that. Like, uh, who really knows? Especially if I mean top end players in you know ESL, one of the biggest tournament runners in the in the world. Um, if if it's appearing in those kind of games, then yeah, it probably is an issue. I, I wasn't aware of that, but that's interesting. Um, and while we're on the note of Lucio, uh, mucking around and, and doing tricks, there's been a backwards wall ride option added into his control options. So you can now enable or disable wall riding backwards. And I mean, I'm not a huge Lucio player, so I'm not sure how it really worked on live or how it does work on live. I should say, I believe you can do it, but, um, it, it, it feels a lot more fluid on PTR now. It feels really natural. So um, I think I think that's going to be a big up to all Lucio mains or, you know, people that like to play Lucio a lot. Or even mm. the ones that are on Lucio they don't want to play, they kind of have to deal with it because he's not going anywhere. Yeah, yeah, true, exactly. Um, I do like that change, but I kind yeah. of find it odd that it's an option, really, not just a, a thing they're putting on there. Uh, it, I mean, all it does is really increase his mobility a lot, which is a key point to Lucio's survival, essentially. He's that annoying speed boosting and you know, healing aura character that you just can't deal with he's so small and annoying and when he's got his speed boost on he's almost impossible to hit unless you know especially when he's what, what now you can still crouch spam at the moment and um with the added wall ride backwards i feel like it's just going to add to the fluidity of his movement which would be something that's really nice because uh, it, it's key to his uh kit really to be able to keep yourself away from harm and be able to do that backwards now is nice depending on your situation. Yeah, definitely. All right. Um, now, going back to what I mentioned before with the, uh, with the Reinhardt and the fact that he's the only real tank tank, let's have a little bit of... like that. I, I gave no warning for this before, but I've just come up with it now, and I think it'd be a good idea to discuss it. Uh, new, new character speculation, maybe. Cause, uh, I mean, yeah, Do- Doomfist is the one that everyone's thinking is going to be the next character. Is it possible that he could he could be that Reinhardt style sure. character? I think he'll have I mean, a couple different modes. Yeah. I've, I've got a feeling that I don't know. This is just going off what other people have spoken about, but he'll have like a couple of different modes he can switch in between. So you could be a little like an offensive tank, or you can be a defensive tank. Be like a way to switch your stances, kind of. 
So they don't really have okay. a character like that where you can switch your stance. But do you know how you could do that with? I'm trying to think what other characters do that in different games. I know there's like in League of Legends you can switch like Jace. You know how you got two different modes. You got range mode and melee yeah. mode. I feel like yeah, you're missing that character that they could switch between. They stances. just they just did it in Heroes of the Storm as well, Blizzard. They brought out Varian in Heroes of the Storm, and when you're when you hit level ten in Heroes of the Storm, you get to pick your ultimate ability. And his instead of having an actual ability, you get to choose between three stances, which yeah. um. Yeah, I mean, I think that's a good idea. I didn't really consider that, but it's obvious that he's going to be a Malay character. So, I mean, straight away, that kind of puts him into... I mean, unless he has the J-style thing where he, he somehow becomes a range character and, I don't know, throws throws punches so hard or something that there's a projectile that's involved there. Um, he'd become range. you just have more mobility and become oh, like yeah. an off-tank, whereas like he's in defensive stances are a lot slower and has maybe some sort of shield or... Something where he protects his team. But he has yeah. to come out for sure. He has to be the next one. They wouldn't tease those Terry Crews pitches for no reason. Yeah. Blizzard yeah, don't true. post things to, and like, let people get disappointed because they've had it in the past where they've had people disappointed with like maybe like previous loot crates or with Sombra taking too long. So they love like spending their time building up hype and getting people to speculate. You see all the threads happen on Reddit and wherever else yeah. it's it's, it's going to be terry crew's voice in doomfist it's going to come out and then within probably after the season ends so during that gap they'll release doomfist i feel i feel like that there's got to be a character coming out before the the overwatch league starts right like there's going to be while. this massive patch yeah well when is that due to start combine will probably start around july maybe august oh so, okay, we'll yeah. sc- scratch that theory. That's pointless. I feel yeah, well, like it might be in um, mid-season or season downtime. Generally, when they'll bring a new, ch- uh, new character, it'll probably be a good time since people won't be playing ranked and stuff like that. So there'll be more people inclined to play a new character and try it out. So we'll see how it fits into the meta before a week, and then let the next season go up, which will be season four. Maybe. Yeah. The, when when was Sombra release in a season cycle? Was it mid-season? Uh, towards the I end. I actually can't remember. It was towards the end mm. of last season. Yeah. It was just so, after BlizzCon when she got released. And mm. that season didn't end till like the last week of November, pretty much. So I think she came out like a yeah. week or two before the season ended. Yeah. Mm. So that doesn't rule out a lot. I mean, you know, with a week or two left in the season, there's no one really going to be playing a new hero in comp anyway, unless they've spammed the shit out of it and it's OP. Um, yeah. So, I mean, that's pretty much just as good as releasing in downtime. But yeah, I think I think that'd be a big one to look out for. Pretty exciting. I mean, the Terry Crews voice acting is just hilarious. And I mean, they've got to do it now. There's, as you said, they're not going to, they're not going to tease that if it's not going to happen. That's not mm-hmm. how Blizzard operate. Um, I'm excited to see this character. It'd be yeah, cool to see so, something with stances, like you said. Yeah, I mean, that's a really interesting idea. I, I'd never thought of that. I mean, I'd watched a few videos on YouTube of people kind of speculating, um, but I, had, I hadn't heard that idea before, but I think that's a good one. And, yeah, I mean, I, I wonder when we're going to get the, the ability teasers. Probably not for a while, but if uh, if you're right, Bobby, we'll, uh, we'll have to, uh, I, I don't know, you you get some you prize. You first. Yeah. <laughs> Head here first. Alright, um, yeah, go say, on. I was like, imagine if his ultimate 
is like him just running in and just punching the shit out of people. And you just imagine Terry <laughs> Crews getting all amped up when you hit your ultimate. And especially he's like nano boosted as well. He's just going crazy. But I think that's... <laughs> Tell pretty, you what. <laughs> yeah. I think there's this big motherfucker coming at you, just swinging his arms. You have to dodge and get, get out of his way. Either get a sleep dart on him or just move out of the way. I feel like that, that could be something. That they, yeah, man. Maybe be a, a, I swear. a large fire strike or something in like a, a wave, maybe. Maybe he can use like, since he's using the fist, as we saw in like some of the uh, trailer thingos or, or the animated things, for example, um, how the kid gets the fist and uses it. Uh, it, has, it does seem to have some sort of sonic effect on it or supersonic effect on it with uh punching and also create like that kind of stuff so that'd be interesting to see if maybe it has stuns and stuff like that with it shooting like uh projectiles in front of you or something as well to create like sonic booms to interfere with your targets and damage them that'd be kind of interesting as well man there's just endless opportunities if you want to think about it long enough really like there's mm. it could be anything there's no way we could we could guess it um but either way, I'm pretty, I'm pretty pumped. And just saying, the last thing on this topic, if there's not an emote for Doomfist, if Terry Crews voices it, <laughs> where he pulls out a drum kit and starts playing it with his muscles, I'm going to be pissed off. <laughs> because that's like one of the most iconic Terry Crews videos, I think, memes or whatever, online. And that would be sick, let's be honest. Who wouldn't want to see that? Everyone has a, cool, does yeah. everyone have a dance in Overwatch? I know this is probably a really dumb question because I've been playing this game for quite a while now, but... <laughs> Do people dance in Overwatch? They have a dance? What do you mean? Oh, they just got emotes. Like, they just have emotes. I don't yeah. think it's actually. Oh, yeah, there, like isn't, a, yeah, there uh, isn't a dance. No, there isn't. That'd be kind uh, of a cool addition, actually. That would be kind of funny. Because do you know how like, Terry Crews always does the robot? The game Doom They gotta have that. That'll be an emote for sure, man. Oh, there's so many. Terry Crews. Oh, the man. Like the TF2 Hilarious. style dances, how you could also like join on to them as well. That'd be kind of funny. Yeah, I mean, I guess it's worth mentioning as well. I mean, little cosmetic side bits. There's also the fact that they're changing the way the emote and the spray wheels work. I think you can have four of each equipped at a time now, yeah. and you can you right. can select which one you want active. Mm. Um, so I did which, some testing know, on that. It's a good addition. Yeah, I mean, good fun. I'm sure people are going to come up with some troll shit to combo together that's going to be pretty funny. So, um, <laughs> I mean, I think they said you only you can only have one spray on the map at a time still. So yeah. there's going to be no people drawing dicks or anything. So maybe that's a positive. I mean, I mean, it could be a team effort. Who knows? <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah uh, s small little changes. Um, but as we kind of started talking about the, the Overwatch League, I think that's a really interesting thing to discuss, especially with Bobby, someone who, who you know, you're running tournaments and everything. You're kind of very heavily in the OCE scene. So you know the structure of the way everything runs quite well. Um, and we were talking about it the other day. Uh, it, it's, it's really an interesting theory, isn't it? The, the whole Overwatch League. And I think your, your analogy of the NBA was, was a very good, very good one. So do you want to just talk, talk through that a bit? Yeah, so what we usually see now in esports, someone can just, anyone can just say like, hey, I own a team. And you just get... So you know, what's six players instead of five? So you just get six players and you drop whatever contract you want, and get them to sign up, and so yeah, you just you can kind of just, that that model is anyone can start up a team, and you know you got to fund it yourself, all that sort of crap. So but this time around, we've never seen anyone like franchise like when a 
league's been put together by the game pub- the gaming publisher. When Riot started, you had to qualify and get in. This time around, no team qualifies to get in. So the teams are already there, and it's city-based. So it's to try and draw in supporters for that city. So say like Brisbane, Sydney, Melbourne, to use Australia as an example, would all have teams. And someone will buy the Melbourne team, someone will buy the Sydney team, and someone will buy the Brisbane team. And I think everyone's going to like, you, you bid for those prices. And, you know, I, I guess the money that's been spent will go into the league somehow, some way or another. I don't know all the logistics with, like, how the money works, but the whole idea is that they franchise these teams, they sell them, just like you would in the NFL, whereas someone buys the city, and that's where the teams go, or, like, the city buys the team, or whatever. It's, it's pretty much the same as, like, NBA, NFL, all that sort of stuff. So you'd have, you know, people with a lot of money investing into the game which means, you know, people are going to start getting paid a lot of money so that the players will be getting, I imagine, like six-figure-plus contracts, maybe even in the millions mm. if, you're, if you're just like the faker of Overwatch, I guess. <laughs> and, yeah. you know, that's like, that means like sky's the limit because you know, that's what people want. Like people want money. People want to get paid for the time they put into this game. You don't want to be slaying away, screaming three, four, five hours a night plus reviews and all sort of stuff and not getting shit for it when you could be like one of the best players in the world right now and, you know, not really getting too much for your money. But, you know, this way with every, all the teams being franchised and players getting a good salary, that means anyone who's involved with the production would be getting good salary. It'd be five regions. So that means Australia gets bumped up. We're usually near the bottom rung somewhere because we're just you know, separate from the rest of the world. We're isolated into our own continent. But now that we've been roped in with APAC, so we've got all these other countries along with us. So that means we've got a lot of a lot of good talent. And with the with the combine coming through, so that will be July the first time around, a lot of people will be up to be drafted and it's gonna break it sucks for like a lot of the team owners. So someone even like Tempo mm. Storm, you know, like Jam Gaming, a lot of these orgs that have been you know, very, very good to the Overwatch scene in Australia and New Zealand who have stuck by all the players since the beginning. You know, it's going to suck for them because they probably see a lot of their players go through the... You know, I see some of their players go through the combine and they won't have them. But, you know, I imagine the Overwatch League would be running for about four months. And then during, after that four months, all the players can go back to whatever other team they can and play in third-party competitions. But the actual Overwatch League would just be all franchise teams where everyone gets drafted in, which would be pretty exciting because I'd like to see like the draft come through and then you like you watch, you watch the drafting process over a course of a weekend with all the players getting drafted and you know, you've got like a panel to mm. discuss who's going to get drafted where and who would be like a first round draft pick. That'd be all cool. We haven't se- we that'd be cool. We have <laughs> not seen something like that in esports at all. That's going to be awesome. Not even close. Yeah, I think that's the. I mean, when I first started reading into it, I didn't even, I didn't even realize, uh, like, like that was kind of the structure of it all. But the whole franchising and the, and the draft, as you said, it's all, it's a super exciting concept. And I think um, it's hats off to Blizzard for, for kind of trying to implement, you know, a normal generic sport. You know, it's the same in like the EPL kind of thing um, over, over for football in the Euro- in Europe. It's, it's just you, you'd never have thought there was enough money in esports to do it. I mean, I mean, we keep getting told of these ridiculous figures like the the international for Dota two, you know, the crazy prize money. 
crazy prize money for, for League of Legends Worlds, but you never really see that put into leagues. Like, they're kind of one-off tournaments. Yeah. I think this is the first time there's, there's a world-scale, multi-million dollar, possibly billion dollar league. I mean, how many, how many players are there going to be from each region? Like, do we even know that? Is there's sure. gonna it's gonna have to be hundreds like it's gonna be a lot everyone will be on a contract too because the problem is with something like the international that's once a year and you could potentially yeah, exactly. get a good payday potentially you it's and really it's eight it's scary. like what eight teams or something yeah. that get decent paydays yeah. the rest kind of break even yeah imagine like and you have to go through the qualifying process and it's just be horrible experience to be a player but knowing that when you go to play in this league you've already got a salary you'd be comfortable there's gonna be less uh, less depression among the players. Like there's gonna be better yeah. morale. You can actually mm. even focus on just winning without the pressure of knowing, like, fuck, if I don't win this, you know, I, it's not gonna be worth it at all. So you don't have that pressure. You can just be a better team environment. Environment. Less people are gonna be on each other's backs. Everyone will be a lot more supportive of each other because a lot of the problems are in esports is, you know, you've got to win to get the money. Whereas if you play in any other in the, any other sporting environment. You know, people people aren't like that. Like you, people want to win, but at the same time, yeah. even even if you lose, you're still getting money. You can still support yourself. You can still live. You can afford to eat, mm. which is the the big problem of being a gamer right now. Is you know when you're near the bottom, like you're a mid tier player trying to break through into the be at the top. Even when you make it up the top, you've got to be in the top couple of teams to actually make some money. Besides League of Legends and some of the Counter-Strike leagues who do have contracts, you know, they're, yeah. they're, they're pretty good for implementing that. So shout out to like Riot, who you know, really kicked things off with players getting on contracts. But you know, this is going to be a lot better, and it's going to be a lot safer, a lot safer for all the competitors in Overwatch in the future now. It's definitely bigger for the, for the kind of lesser scenes as well, like the, the OCE sort of region. Because, you know, you go to China, you go to even, like, places like Taiwan, like, especially places like Korea, NA, Europe, there's there's money there in every title just because there's sponsor dollars there, there's streaming money there, the infrastructure's there for them to actually make a career out of it. Whereas in OCE, mm. like, you know, one in 100 people have the internet to stream. And even then, it's super inconsistent. Um, And you've got players, as you said, like, you need to be the top, top team or two to make enough money to even consider going full-time. And, like, the the one example I have, I'm sure it's happened to many other players as well, is you've got people like the, the CS team, formerly Vox Eminor, and, they're like, their captain, Sponge. They, they, they were at the level of going international and playing international tournaments, but he still had to work full-time. Like, he still couldn't commit his, he, like, all day, like the, like the NA, the EU, and the Korean and the Chinese teams do. To, to just developing and getting better, which I think is what holds us back a lot. But with these contracts and with this guaranteed salary, these people, these players can actually put 100% of their willpower. They're not worrying about paying rent. They're not having to, to work all day, then scrim tired. And uh, it, it's, it's going to bring the whole scene up uh, as a whole, for sure. It's going to bring more players to the game as well, just in general. People will see this and, you know, be excited by it. It's going to bring a a bigger player base to the competitive scene, not just on ladder, but uh, I feel like other third party stuff, not just the league, which is technically I guess first party because it's from Blizzard. Um, but all the third party stuff will probably get a big kick up as well because people will be wanting to 
compete with these things and um and have some sort of inclusion in this, even if they're not in the actual league, just to uh to play competitive. It's gonna make it easier for everyone to kind of, you know, in, in, enjoy competitive Overwatch, not just in a in a ladder form, but also in six v six kind of stuff. Because there's nothing like that in the game at all. Like there's no six v six ladder or something like that, which would be actually an interesting kind of introduction if they did something like that, where teams could uh like do something in game but at the same time with the league it'd be kind of pointless but uh it is exciting to see that something like this is going to happen and uh hopefully it does bring a lot more to the game as well since there'll be so much more money running through the game itself from mm. blizzard making all this because they're obviously going to make sponsors and stuff like that from for their players and whatnot and you know players earning six uh six number salaries at the age of probably 18 at some of them most of them probably be that's that's a very good kickstart in life to be earning 100 grand at the age of uh, 18 or something like that it's crazy something that wouldn't even be around you know five five years ago you think something like that wouldn't even exist it's crazy and then that in that inspires it's the whole trickle down effect that inspires as you said lesser players to kind of take the game a bit more seriously and try and get to that point and it trickles all the way down to the pleb teams. Like you've got your silver and your gold and your bronze <laughs> players that are going to start teams thinking it's going to make them better and eventually they'll play in the Heroes League. You know what I mean? Like, like it trickles down. Yeah. It, it creates just more excitement around the game. Uh, there's going to be high viewership for a league like this. Players out of the OCEC are going to get exposure that they've never had before because they're going to be playing on, you know, Korean teams. Korean players are going to be playing on OCE teams. Uh, it's just gonna it's gonna mix and match everything. I don't know how they're gonna battle with the whole language barrier. I think that's gonna be interesting because mm, I don't know how be, a yeah. team with three three Australian slash New Zealanders and three Koreans is gonna communicate. But I mean, that, surely that's something they've considered. Um, yeah. Uh, what are your thoughts on that, Bobby? How, how do you think that's gonna go? That's all up to the team manager and the people organizing who draft. Who do they draft for their team? And that goes True. on to the limitations of, like, do you need to have a certain amount of local players? If you're the Sydney-based team, do you need to have a certain amount of Aussies or, or New Zealanders? So I, I don't know. There's no rules set out, so I can't really comment on it mm. other than if there's a, the language barrier issues, people will probably try and get people to... People will try and get um, players with a similar, you know, understanding of each other's language and. That sort of stuff. It's it comes down to like the shot caller as well. People need to understand yeah. who the shot callers are. And usually there's two shot callers in Overwatch. So Oh two, okay. Yeah. yeah. I mean you've also got the 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 kind of way that all the NA teams and I mean even EU teams in Riot went uh in League of Legends, sorry, went at it. They said, Fuck it, our limit is two Korean players. Two Korean players makes our team better, so we don't care that we can hardly communicate with them. Is mechanically they're just so good. I mean, the same thing could happen here. Like, if there is a limit where you need, you know, you need to have three or four local people. I mean, I'm sure someone's going to find a way to take value out of the the other country's sort of talent because there's there's a lot of it going around. Mm. Cool. All right. Yep. Sorry. Are you going to say more on that? I was going to say it'd be very, it'd be interesting to see uh, the mixed kind of nationality teams. It, yeah. Because there's always this great divide between, you know, your EU, your NA, your Korea. It's just like, it'd be nice to see something mixed and just, you know, see teams battling it out instead of battling it out based on their, you know, the continent which they're on. 
it's yeah. going to be like all half EU, half NA, quarter, third EU, NA, Korea teams. It's going to be, it's going to be really interesting. Um, mm. But moving on from that sort of more world stage, since we've got Bobby J, you know, the, the man of the OCE scene here with us, um, we should probably discuss some of the up, upcoming stuff that everyone needs to check out uh, in the OCE scene. You already mentioned the, uh, the summer tournament that's starting soon. Yep. Um, what, what other stuff is there coming up that you can talk about? Uh, I can talk about Cybergamer turning their weeklies into a full-fledged league with land finals, which would be out of their studio in Adelaide. So they'll be doing one every season for each season. So it'll be like autumn, spring, summer, winter, all that sort of shit. So that's yep. the next thing. I believe GameStar will probably come back with another league. I haven't heard too much from their end because they're busy with Paladins and Rocket League, I believe. So I think they've got their hands full right now. But that's yep. pretty much like the, the two major leagues that'll be forming. So ESL, I haven't got any word from them yet. They had last season, or like last year, they did five major cups and five minor cups, and there was one, so they threw five grand in. So they spread across five cups, so one grand for each major cup. They had one one every month. So I imagine they'd be doing something soon too, but I haven't heard anything from them. It's still January, it's still early on. Most people want to wait until after summer series is over with Heroes League because then that's a... 10k tournament no one wants to compete with those guys it's the yeah it is seen as the premier tournament it's the biggest thing we've had so far in overwatch so people want to let that let their tournament pass through because that's where the focus will be on after that it'll be cyber gamer kicking things off soon with getting prepared for their league it won't be for because they have a summer finals at their studio in adelaide i believe coming up but okay. overwatch won't be there because not going they don't want to people don't want to clash with peerage league it'd just be horrible for everyone involved anyone who's a caster to players to managers and to any event organizer they don't want to clash with another just event. be a bit awkward really wouldn't it yeah. yeah so that's pretty much that and then there's this los Matos tournament in taiwan a lot of australian teams have been signing up to now so I expect teams that when that kicks off again, teams will start signing up that um, onto that. That's every Thursday. I, they play the qualifiers and then they do Saturday and Sundays are the, the finals. So, every week? Yeah, every week. Man, so there's no shortage of stuff for people uh, to play in. That's I, definitely good. I think Gosu Gamers are doing a monthly melee for Australia as well. That's, wow. I think that's a thing that's coming too. So there, there are things coming. And the, with the addition of Cybergamer now, you know, wanting to get more involved in Overwatch, you know, that's that's a lot of good things to come because we had, you know, things were pretty dire after Spring Series finished with GameStar. There wasn't anything for, until Heroes League, we just had the Cybergamer weeklies. It was, it was pretty rough to keep people interested and keep people motivated, which was when I started, I started getting more involved when there was nothing going on because I wanted to keep the scene going. So it was, yeah. it was a lot harder. Uh, but now, you know, everything's looking up for 2017. I'm pretty keen. And then, you know, it's only January. So I expect to, over the next month or so, expect to see like a lot more announcements with you know, tournaments coming up. It definitely, I mean, it's always an exciting time of year, isn't it? Right when. 
Everything's starting to kick off. The fresh new year. People are coming in with their new big ideas. You know, look at us starting a podcast. Um, everyone's trying to make make stuff happen at the start of the year. Um, and hopefully it just pushes on and on and on from there. Um, but yeah. Um, unless there's anything else anyone wants to chat about, any anything on anyone's mind? I think we covered everything though. Yeah, seems good. All right. Well, um, I want to thank Bobby J for joining us on the first podcast. It's um. It's obviously hard to find people that want to join an upstart sort of podcast, but you've been uh you've been awesome to deal with and uh very welcoming, so I appreciate that. Thank you very much. Um I'll definitely be linking Bobby's channel in in the description, guys. Um he does hey, you don't really have a schedule for your podcast, do you? You just uh, kind of I try to do it once a week, but it depends how much <laughs> I got going on with other with other tournaments and how how I can fit it in and you know, how many people are available as well but i I try to do it once a week uh, i'll be doing it again yep. this week so i'll be you know i've chained two weeks back to back so hopefully i can do a third as well so i can keep going that's it we'll call it <laughs> weekly then yeah but yeah everyone everyone check that out bobby has a lot of the pro players on from the oce scene so you get a good insight into like top level play um but yeah thanks a lot for joining us guys and uh hopefully we'll see you next time